Well, welcome to another edition of The Last Christian. Going to be a little different today. Why are we different? Because I'm the only one here right now. I'm still waiting on Terry. Uh, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley there in the Dallas area uh, should be joining us here shortly. He's having some computer issues, so hopefully he'll be joining us. I'm watching, and uh, hopefully we'll get him here in a minute. The world is looking at World War III right now, in case you guys hadn't figured that out. All eyes are on Israel, and guess what? That is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days. I would reference you guys to the book of Matthew, and that's going to be chapter number 24. I want you to read that in its entirety uh, whenever you get an opportunity. We have gone over that uh, many, many times on this show. But the things that we have talked about over, uh, well, ever since the show started, really, are all beginning to come true. And they're coming true exactly as the Bible said they would and exactly as we have presented them to you. You know, I got a, an interesting email, um, or not email, a comment on our last video said hey look at all the bad stuff the jews are doing they're spitting on people well let me tell you all the things that palestine is doing they're taking babies and cutting their heads off and then broadcasting it online they're babies we're talking about innocent babies you know a one was even removed from the mother's tomb umbilical cord attached that's how they found them now let me ask you this what's worse getting spit on by some idiot who uh, probably doesn't believe in the Bible anyway, or killing an unborn baby in the mother's womb, pulling them outside. How about tying people up and then setting them on fire? This is the kind of stuff that Palestine is doing. By the way, Genesis says that God gave Israel the land that they have right now about 7,000 years ago. When did the Palestinians show up? Who is occupying who? Now, that might be controversial to some of you, but keep this in mind. I'm a member of the United States Press Association. I don't live on mainstream media lies. I do not listen to the mainstream media because that's what they do, especially outlets like CNN and MSNBC. Don't believe me? How about Rashid Tlaib? Now, she is supposed to be a Congress lady. But she spread a lie which has infuriated the entire world. She said that Israel actually bombed a hospital. Guess what? That's not true. But the media is not correcting it. And neither is Rashid Talib. She's not correcting it either. But what actually happened is terrorists inside the Gaza Strip launched a missile and I mean, this is just, you know, to shoot it up, hope that it hits. But unfortunately for them, it went straight up and came right back down in the Gaza Strip. And it hit the parking lot of a hospital. It damaged four or five cars. It did minimal, minimal, minimal damage to a hospital. But no, it didn't kill any 500 people. That's a lie that was given by Rashid Talib, our Congress leader here in the United States. It has been broadcast even by routers. It's been broadcast by CNN. And they're not backing down from the lie, and that's exactly what it is. Don't believe me. Look it up on media that you can actually listen to and understand is factual. But stay away from the idiots that are telling you this is Israel's fault. Israel was attacked by terrorists. The terrorists even opened the gates and allowed 
regular citizens in Gaza who have been preached to for decades about the evils of Israel, they let them in, and those people, they also terrorized people in Israel. The death toll is huge. And I promise you this, it's going to rise because Israel is not going to stand for it. Israel is now preparing the attacks. Now, again, we're waiting on Terry to show up, but, you know, I got plenty of stuff I can do with you until, until he does. Let's listen to the world's view on Gaza. I think, uh, I think it, uh, well, it's a good starting place anyway. Let's listen to this one. Palestinian health officials say that over 600 children are trapped under rubble in Gaza as Israeli airstrikes continue. At least 3,500 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli airstrikes in Gaza since Hamas launched an attack on Israel on the 7th of October that killed over 1,400 people. The UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says he would like further progress on delivering crucial aid like water, food and medicine to residents of Gaza. He's in Israel on a two-day visit. Stuart Smith reports from London. As Israel's military prepares for a ground offensive against Hamas militants in Gaza, the UK's leadership is keen to show solidarity with Israel while also pushing for aid to those living in the Gaza Strip. On Wednesday, US President Joe Biden brokered a deal which would have Egypt allow aid to enter Gaza through their shared border. While not deploying troops to the region, the UK has sent a warship full of Marines to the eastern Mediterranean in an attempt to deter wider violence, as have other NATO allies like the US. The UK is also conducting surveillance flights above the skies of Israel and Gaza. Stuart Smith, London. Okay, so the United States and the UK have sent battleships or or carriers or whatever over uh, close to Israel. And uh, by the way, President Biden said, hey, you know, even if Hezbollah, who is located to the north of Israel in Lebanon and Syria, even if they enter, that doesn't mean that we're going to put boots on the ground there. We'll just yell and scream and holler and take it all to the United Nations. Do you wonder why Israel is going to stand alone when the Gog and Magog war begins, when it actually starts? And by the way, this isn't it. This is not it. Not in my opinion, not of my reading of the Bible, because this is not countries. And Ezekiel 38 makes it very, very clear that countries, not terrorists, are responsible for starting the Gog and Magog war. This is also not the war of Psalm uh, 83, in my opinion, because again, this is a war not of countries, not of countries, and it certainly does not include Russia, which is the main one. By the way, it also doesn't include Iran in Psalm 83. Did you know that until, uh, what was it, 1980, I believe it was, maybe 1979, that Iran was actually sort of friendly with Israel? It wasn't until the Shah of Iran came here to the United States to seek escape from Iran that they switched sides. That regime in Iran is evil, 100% evil. They do not believe in Israel's right to exist. Don't believe me? Look it up. Also, think about 1976. That's the first time that those people in the Gaza Strip began to call themselves Palestinians. Until then, Israel was considered Palestine. Did you know that? If you didn't, look it up. This is all media lies from the very beginning of all this stuff. It's been media lie after media lie. You're not going to hear anything positive coming out of the Middle East concerning Israel. That's not their agenda. Their agenda is to destroy Israel. 
Did you know that those Palestinians were actually holding up cell phones with the Nazi swastika? Yeah, Nazi swastika. And they are denying that the Holocaust ever happened. This is incredible. Yet the world is falling for it. And, believe it or not, again, look it up. This is happening exactly as the Bible said it would. Again, I refer you to Matthew chapter 24. You know, the world was about halfway interested in telling the truth until Rashid Talib and others began to perpetuate this lie of a, an attack on a hospital in the Gaza Strip that killed 500 people. It was a fictional account. It was a lie, but the world bought it. Now, can you only imagine how much more, how greater the lie is going to be when Israel does finally, finally begin the incursion into Palestine, into the Gaza Strip? That's when I believe that Hezbollah will attack from the north. Now, when they do that, the United States is going to scream and holler, but they're not going to put boots on the ground. Same thing with the UK, and the same thing with other supposed allies of Israel. In fact, they're just going to protest, but they're not going to do anything, and that's the precursor for the Gog and Magog War, which I do encourage you to look at in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39. Because not only does it tell us who's involved by actual country name, it tells us that no one comes to the aid of Israel except God himself. Read it. Now then, for those of you that are actually in the Middle East right now, in Israel, in Gaza, in Syria, in Lebanon, all of the areas there, I strongly encourage you to get out if you possibly can because things are going to get a lot worse and it's going to happen rather quickly again in my opinion. Now, I played you already a short clip about the worldview in Gaza. But let's listen. Let's look more at these lies that are coming out of Gaza. Listen to this one. While visiting Israel, President Joe Biden expressed his belief that Palestinian militants may have been responsible for a fatal explosion at a Gaza hospital, thus aligning with Israel's perspective on the incident. Mr. Biden, who arrived in Tel Aviv on Wednesday, conveyed his deep sorrow and anger regarding the explosion. Israel's military attributed the blast to an unsuccessful Palestinian rocket launch, but Palestinian authorities contended that it resulted from an Israeli airstrike on the hospital. Harry Michaels reporting. And by the way, if the media would just do their own research, they would find out that the Palestinians admitted their mistake. There is an actual voice recording. Unfortunately, I do not have the rights to play it, but if you look it up, you'll find it. It's a communication from the Gaza Strip as people on the ground there were reporting to their allies, to their commanders, that, hey, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. The thing didn't make it to Israel. It fell on us instead. They made it. They confessed to it. But again, will Rahib Talib or whatever the heck you want to pronounce. I don't care if I mispronounce her name. She doesn't even deserve a name, in my opinion. In my opinion, as an American citizen and 
from the best of my ability to research as a member of the U.S. Press Association, this lady should be removed from Congress and, in my opinion, she should be taken to a court of law as either as initiating a, law, a riot or as a traitor to the United States. And she should actually face justice in the criminal court system. And I would even submit she could be and probably should be considered a traitor. And you all know what happens to traitors, even though it hasn't happened since World War II. I mean, it might be time to bring that one back. Look it up. Let's continue. Listen to this report from FSN. Listen closely. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking again today at the crisis in the Middle East and hearing for the second time this week from Gershon Baskin. He has successfully negotiated the release of Israeli hostages held by Hamas in Gaza in the past. He's a columnist with the Jerusalem Post and has been talking regularly to Hamas leaders throughout the current crisis. So what does he think might be the long-term future for Gaza, given that the situation is made far more complex by the refusal of the United States the European Union and, of course, Israel, to hold face-to-face talks with a group they consider terrorists. Gershon Baskin with one version of what might happen next. I think that there is a possibility for the international community to offer Hamas an exit by saying you will leave Gaza with your weapons behind. We will establish a United Nations-supported trusteeship headed by the Palestinians, the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Saudis, European support, American support. And it would be a process that would lead to independence, like a trusteeship should. But I don't see any scenario where Hamas is left in power at the end of this war. That scenario, of course, would require the United Nations to be more effective than it has been, and it would also nullify the results of elections in Gaza that Hamas won. But it is an idea rooted in the view that things cannot improve along Gaza's border with Israel unless the status quo changes. I'm Simon Marks. Now, of course, keep in mind that this election he was talking about was held in 2006, and they've outlawed elections since then, so nobody else can vote. Also, remember this, that all the money that's coming from Iran, and believe me, they are the Hamas terrorists there in the Gaza Strip, are funded almost entirely by Iran. Now, they've had all these millions and billions of dollars. What have they done for the citizens there? Nothing. Nothing, because they don't care about them. All they want to do is dig tunnels to try to get to Israel, shoot rockets, build rockets, build any kind of improvised explosive device that they possibly can, teach their children to hate Israelis, and that Israel does not have the right to exist. That's what they do. They pour all their money into hate. They don't do anything at all. They've never accepted anything, anything short of destroy Israel. Israel doesn't have the right to exist. That's it. So, you know, he said supposed terrorist. These are terrorist people. They came in to Israel with one thing in mind, and that is kill everybody that they see. And I mean everybody. They went into people's homes. They broke into people's homes. They kill people that were asleep in their beds. I've already told you, they cut off babies' heads. They burned people alive. And now they've taken hostages. I think there's something like 150 hostages. Some of them are ours. Some of them are American citizens, for those of you listening here in the United States. 
And what do they want to do now? Now they want a peace deal. Hey, don't, don't, don't. We need our power back on. Israel turned their power off. You know why Israel turned their power off? Do you know why Israel eliminated their water supply, turned their water off? Do you know why they stopped food trucks from going in there? Because they're starving them out. If you happen to be in the Gaza Strip, if you're listening to us from there, turn those suckers in. You know, turn them in. It's going to be better for you in the end, I promise you. Israel is not going to touch you. If you can get down there into the, to the southern part of the uh, Gaza Strip, eventually that uh, checkpoint is going to be open if it's not open by this point. I know the president is saying, our president, President Biden, is saying that he's worked out some kind of deal with Egypt. But you've got to keep this in mind, too. There is no Muslim country, no Islamic country that wants the Palestinians. Not one has agreed to accept even one refugee from Gaza. Why? Because they're afraid of them. Everywhere they go, there is horror and terror. That's just a fact. If you don't believe me, look it up. Again, I'll report that as a member of the press. Not the mainstream media that lies to you, and certainly not like MSNBC that provides you with nothing but lies, or Rahib Talib that reports nothing but lies. And by the way, if they don't like what I just said, come on the program. Defend yourself. I'll be happy to talk. I'll give you the whole hour. I will talk to you directly for the whole hour. You present your facts, I'll present mine, and then we'll leave it up to the world to decide who's right. I guarantee you that's a debate you can't win and you won't know part of. I promise you, every single one of you is a coward, especially Rahib Talib. You're a coward, lady. You don't deserve to live in this country, and you certainly don't deserve to represent your people in the United States Congress. That, I report, as a member of the U.S. Press Association. That's more than an opinion. That's a press statement. Live with it. KRRB stands behind it 100%. Okay. Let's move on. I get so worked up with this stuff. But remember, Matthew 24 is about a lot more than just what's going to happen inside Israel as we approach these last days, your time for choosing. And by that I mean choosing eternal life or eternal damnation. It says that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Well, there's a war right now in Israel. Right now. So how about um, rumors? Let's listen to this one. The United Nations has expressed concern about a risk of a direct military confrontation between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda over the armed conflict by the M23 rebels in eastern DRC. Chris Ochamringa reports from Kinshasa. The threat of an armed conflict between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda was contained in a report presented to the UN Security Council. The two neighboring countries have been at loggerheads since 2021 after a rebel group known as M23 captured several territories in eastern DRC. 
Congolese authorities accused Rwanda of supporting the M23 rebels, but Rwanda has repeatedly denied the allegation. A report by the UN Group of Experts submitted to the Security Council last year, however, said it found solid evidence of Rwandan troops fighting alongside the M23 rebels. The rebel group was formed in 2012, claiming to defend the interests of Tutsis in eastern DRC. Chris Sochamringa, Kinshasa. Or how about listening to this one? Russia's defense minister has thanked North Korea for its support in the Ukraine war, or special military operation as the Kremlin calls the invasion. The minister, Sergei Lavrov, is spending two days in Pyongyang after visiting his Chinese counterpart in Beijing earlier this week. Our reporter Andrew Wood in Hong Kong says North Korea and Russia have stayed allies even after the Cold War ended and the Soviet Union collapsed, but their relationship is very different. In the olden days, perhaps North Korea needed Russia more than Russia needed North Korea. But now North Korea is a possible source of more ammunition, more weapons, more arms. And last month, President Kim Jong-un met President Vladimir Putin in Vladivostok, just over the short border between North Korea and Russia. And they made lots of agreements for further military cooperation. Okay, now you've got to realize, uh, I know, you know, if you look on a world map, it looks like that North Korea is on one continent over in the west and that um, Russia is on another continent to our east. And I'm talking about if you look at a map from the United States of America, I know that a bunch of you got different, different kind of maps, but I'm just using that as a reference. There is actually a direct border between North Korea and Russia. So... When the Gog and Magog war starts, I firmly believe that Korea is going to be very much involved. I believe that they'll probably even have boots on the ground there, but let's say they don't, just for a series of debate. What they're already doing is supplying Russia with a lot of munitions. And they, of course, are a nuclear country as well. So they can help in any way. Iran is, well, I'm going to call them for all intents and purposes a. Um, a nuclear country, and I mean, it's only going to take a matter of days or weeks to join the nuclear community if they're not there already. Now, Iran says that um, if Israel goes in to the Gaza Strip with boots on the ground there and actually uh, does a counter-offensive, and that it would be exactly what it is, a counter-offensive, they were the ones who attacked. I think it's important we, we emphasize that every opportunity we get. Israel was at peace as best they could be. I mean, they've been getting these missiles coming from Hamas for years. But they were basically in peace until Hamas actually put boots on the ground in Israel and attacked and killed families and kids and just indiscriminately killed people after torturing them. Uh, Ms. Tlaib, listen carefully. The real terrorists are the Palestinians that you back. That's the real terrorist. No, it wasn't anything Israel did. Israel was given the land that they stand on by God Almighty 7,000 years ago, give or take. Palestinians didn't show up for millennia. So please, 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 stop lying. You've lost all credibility already. Resign, Tlaib. Resign. You and the entire squad up there. 
All you're doing is making idiots out of yourself, and you're showing yourself for exactly what you are, and that is children of Satan. And I say that because in order to be a child of God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says so in the Bible. Look it up. Now, Terry's still not with us, but I can tell you this. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the rapture of the church. That's one thing I wanted to talk to uh, Terry about today. Um, but, you know, real quick, I'm going to give you guys, uh, before we move on, I want to explain something and uh, kind of give you a precursor of what's coming as well. Several weeks ago, after completing a show here, I felt severe pain in my back. And... Within 24 hours, I was in an emergency room and didn't even know if I was going to come out or not. Spent weeks in the hospital, went, underwent a couple of different surgeries. It was not a pleasant time. But you know what? The one thing that I did know is if my time was up, and I, I prayed the prayer, by the way, to God. Because at one point, I really did think of it, this was it. And I prayed, and I told him, I'm ready. I'm ready, Father. If that's what you want, I'm ready. Well, God told me, no. <laughs> no, you're going to be back on the radio. So I did make it. But here's the reason I'm even mentioning this, because we were off the air for a while, because I couldn't be here. I apologize for that. But... The one thing that it did is while I was in the hospital in Tyler, Texas, not too far from here, about an hour, second hospital I had to go to, by the way, the first one wasn't equipped to handle me, I had a visitor, and that visitor was T.L. Terry Farley and his wife Karen. They came to see me, and in his hand... Terry brought to me a copy of Blast Off for Piamore, which is now in its sixth edition. By the way, now you can find this book at T.L. Farley Books. All you got to do, you know, use whatever search engine you got. My favorite search engine is Bing. I always say Bing it. So anyway... Using your favorite search engine, just look up T.L. Farley Books. That's T.L. Farley Books. And pick up a copy of his book, Blast Off for PMO. It's got three of them out there, but I want to focus on Blast Off for PMO. Like I said, it's sixth, sixth edition. And he brought me that copy of that book. And that was nice. That was really nice. But there was a lot more to the story than that. Because when he gave me that book, he just mentioned, said, hey, I had to think about this. <laughs> I don't, I'm pretty sure he prayed about it, too. But anyway, he said, I had to think about this one long and hard, but here it is. He handed it to me. You know what it was? It was edition six, last offer PMR. But more importantly than that, it was Number one, book one. It doesn't get better than that. 
All right, we'll be back in just about, uh, well, three minutes or so for the second half of The Last Christian. Hope you stick with us. You'll enjoy the show. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Simon Gaitan. Palestinian health officials say that over 600 children are trapped under rubble in Gaza as Israeli airstrikes continue. At least 3,500 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli airstrikes in Gaza since Hamas launched an attack on Israel on the 7th of October that killed over 1,400 people. The UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says he would like further progress on delivering crucial aid like water, food and medicine to residents of Gaza. He's in Israel on a two-day visit. Stuart Smith reports from London. As Israel's military prepares for a ground offensive against Hamas militants in Gaza, the UK's leadership is keen to show solidarity with Israel while also pushing for aid to those living in the Gaza Strip. On Wednesday, US President Joe Biden brokered a deal which would have Egypt allow aid to enter Gaza through their shared border. While not deploying troops to the region, the UK has sent a warship full of marines to the eastern Mediterranean in an attempt to deter wider violence, as have other NATO allies like the US. The UK is also conducting surveillance flights above the skies of Israel and Gaza. Stuart Smith, London. The United Nations has expressed concern about a risk of a direct military confrontation between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda over the armed conflict by the M23 rebels in eastern DRC. Chris Ochamringa reports from Kinshasa. The threat of an armed conflict between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda was contained in a report presented to the UN Security Council. The two neighboring countries have been at loggerheads since 2021 after a rebel group known as M23 captured several territories in eastern DRC. Congolese authorities accused Rwanda of supporting the M23 rebels, but Rwanda has repeatedly denied the allegation. A report by the UN group of experts submitted to the Security Council last year, however, said it found solid evidence of Rwandan troops fighting alongside the M23 rebels. The rebel group was formed in 2012, claiming to defend the interests of Tutsis in eastern DRC. Chris Sochamringa, Kinshasa. Russia's defense minister has thanked North Korea for its support in the Ukraine war, or special military operation as the Kremlin calls the invasion. The minister, Sergei Lavrov, is spending two days in Pyongyang after visiting his Chinese counterpart in Beijing earlier this week. Our reporter Andrew Wood in Hong Kong says North Korea and Russia have stayed allies even after the Cold War ended and the Soviet Union collapsed, but their relationship is very different. In the olden days, perhaps North Korea needed Russia more than Russia needed North Korea. But now North Korea is a possible source of more ammunition, more weapons, more arms. And last month, President Kim Jong-un met President Vladimir Putin in Vladivostok, just over the short border between North Korea and Russia. And they made lots of agreements for further military cooperation. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. And And welcome welcome back back to the second half of The Last Christian. Christian. Uh, Now, now, this this is going to be a little bit um, interesting, interesting, guys. Uh, As I have already told you a couple of times... uh, waiting on Mr. T.L. Farley to show up. And the thing is, is as I previously told you, he's having all kinds of computer issues right now. And so we have kind of southern engineered a um, communication system that uh, is coming through here. So I've actually got him on the phone. And uh, Terry, I'm sorry you're having problems, sir. That's what you get for having that antiquated computer over there. Yeah, you got to remember, uh, AI is in on this. It's got its fingers all over this thing. <laughs> uh, 
AI's always been jealous of me. So. There, there you go. go. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. Blame it on AI. Blame it on it. You know. Yeah. That, that's, that's good. That works. <laughs> okay. But now, look, Terry. Uh, in the uh, first half of the show, what I was talking about, and I, I kind of went, I, I went on a rant. Is that anything new to you? Uh, not to me. It's probably new to the uh, to the people listening. They uh, they 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 see only sterling silver coming out of out of your mouth. <laughs> well, um, I was telling them about uh, uh, the Congress lady, uh, Rahib. Uh, what is it, Talib? Yeah, yeah. Um, and all of her lies, and you know, and the fact that. You know, uh, she's she's so worried about the the Palestinian children, and I was reminding people that that's all fake. You know, uh, Hamas could care less about kids. If they did, they wouldn't be cutting the heads of kids off. Okay, they wouldn't be tying people up. They wouldn't be taking people hostage. By the way, when they tie them up, they burn them alive. You know, they wouldn't. She didn't mention any of that. Not a word of it, Terry. Does that surprise you? Uh, no, and uh, you know it's they, their story is always and forever only one-sided. Yeah, that's all they know, and uh, it's it's unfortunate, but it needs to be uh, noticed by the media, right. uh, and of course the lamestream media, uh, if I may, um, just is not capable of truthful, accurate. Uh, proper reporting, and so that's where we're left. Right. Uh, also, also, Terry, Terry in, in the first half, half um, I also mentioned uh, the, the fact, fact that you had come when I was down. You saw me at my worst. I've talked to you about it offline. Didn't really want to get into it too much, but um, anyway, I did mention to people that, that you brought to me a fresh copy, copy number one of uh, Last off for PMOR in its sixth edition. And, you know, I, I want to make this clear to people out there. This was my idea to bring this up. This wasn't Terry's idea. Okay? He knows that his reward is waiting for him in heaven. He doesn't need a pat on the back from J.D. Williams. Okay? I brought that up because it meant something to me personally. That's all. That's the only reason that I'll mention it here. But I do recommend the book, Terry. I recommend it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, you know, and here's the deal. Um, I've been so deeply immersed, uh, probably uh, professionally over the last 20-some years uh, in, in, in writing uh, books uh, uh, on the uh, rapture. And because of that, I've come to a place I'm so saturated with this marvelous promise that God has given us this it's not merely a promise, it's, it's in fact a prophecy, it's something that is in fact going to take place, right. that the very moment anyone is in any kind of trouble, uh, and that includes my closest friends, uh, the first thing I think of is encouraging them with this word. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just to give you an idea, my brother uh, Mike went to be with the Lord, uh, I'm hoping to see meet him again in heaven, um, but uh, he uh, was given uh, a number of months ago, he was given two years to live, and uh, the Lord took him within just a matter of a few months. Uh, we just don't know. Uh, the Lord is in control of the time. Uh, it says that our, our times are in his hands, 
And so and even this problem we're having this afternoon is an example. Uh, God is not sitting in heaven surprised at what's taking place. Uh, he could have foretold us if we didn't know what to ask that this was going to take place. Um, the, the perfect time to tell people and encourage them that Jesus is coming back and that they can trust in him is when they're flat on their back in the hospital. Uh, that's the absolute best time or in prison. Uh, and some people are in prisons of their own making or, or of the making of the world. It doesn't matter. Whatever low point you find yourself in, Jesus is there and he is going to deliver you if you trust in him. Amen. 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 Well, well, now, Terry, Terry what's, what's going, going on right now? now? in Israel, and, you know, we've talked about this offline, but I sincerely believe, I, thought, I may have even mentioned it in the last show, I sincerely believe that Hezbollah is going to get back into this, and by the way, for you guys um, listening, I said, I don't know how many times in the last show, and neither you, Terry, or David uh, corrected me, I kept saying uh, uh, Hamas when I was referencing Hezbollah. Uh, Hezbollah is located to the north of Israel. It's the uh, it is in Syria um, and Lebanon. That's their mainstay. They're also they're the the, the golden child of Iran. Okay, um, the size of Hezbollah puts Hamas to shame. Uh, the number of missiles and munitions that they have put Hamas to shame, and they have started now shooting at Israel, and of course, you know, you've got people all across the world in uh, that listen to that Rahib Talib's lies, and they're rising up all over the world. I mean, on one incident, just imagine, as I said in the first half of the show, just imagine what it's going to be like when Israel actually goes in with a counteroffensive. You know, you think it's bad now? You think uh, uh, that Israel's getting a bad rap now? Just wait till that happens. I mean, the liars are really going to come out, especially on MSNBC. My goodness. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I don't want to put a cloud in the middle of this parade, uh, but the reality is, as you and I have talked about on many shows uh, and off the, off the air and so forth and so on, um, we're just seeing a foreshadowing of what's going to take place in the tribulation right. when Israel is really going to be put under the gun. Right. Um, and uh, in fact, it's going to get so bad that at the end of the seven years, Jesus is going, as he prophesied, going to return to save Israel because Israel will not be destroyed. And right. uh, he will come back and he will save them. He will destroy all of the enemies that are against them. Um, it's going to be wonderful, but it's going to be a real rough ride for seven years for those who have not accepted Jesus as Messiah, as the Hamashiach, uh, which he is. Uh, and, um, and so I encourage all, any Jewish person, uh, and certainly anyone who is not, uh, to accept Jesus now. This is the time that we have, and the time is quickly running out, um, especially for those of us who believe and are looking for Jesus to call us out at any moment. 
and it must be called today. And the reason I use that phrase is to help people to understand it's not like you have tomorrow. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, one, one thing, uh, and, and we, we've, we've talked, talked about this on air and off, is the one, one thing that I get a lot when you say, you know, a day that must be called a day. Yeah. We've, we've all heard the complaints, right? I mean, of course it's called a day. You know, of course it is. What else are you going to call it besides of that? But here's, here's the deal, Terry. When I was in the hospital, I, I got a new sense of time. Okay? Um, I think I even mentioned this to you in a phone call. Maybe even in person, I'm not sure. But I got a completely new perspective of how fast things can happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know the story. And I, I gave a brief explanation of it in the first half when you weren't there. Of how quickly I went down. Well, that is snail slow as compared to the rapture of the church. And what I wanted to make a point of in this particular show and I'm sorry that people can't see your face right now because I, you know it's really important to me that that you that they, they get a full perspective. So instead of that, what I'm going to do since I'm not able to show you is I'm going to show your book, okay? Which is Blast Off. Thank you. Blast Off Repair More in its sixth edition, and I, you know I've put it on the screen a couple of times already, but I'm going to put it on the screen and. What I want you to talk about, Terry, is I want you to talk about the book. I want you to talk about how you came up with it. Um, just, you know, we, we kind of briefly discussed this off air. You've got an idea of what I'm looking for here. So, so I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I want you to understand that uh, instead of you being on the screen right now, instead of that, that uh, you're going to have a blast off. Repeat them more on screen as you speak. So go go ahead, sir, please. Um, sure. Uh, I'll tell you, I had already, as Joel knows, and I've talked about another book that I'd already come out with on the rapture. And in fact, it was not my plan to uh, add anything to that one. Uh, what prompted me to, to begin this, what became, un, unbeknownst to me, uh, a series of uh, expansions because the deeper you go in this study the more firm you become in the understanding uh, that this prophecy is linked to so many uh, elements uh, of the gospel and it's so deep and it's so important uh, that uh, it just it, it becomes all-consuming and the danger in things becoming all-consuming uh, is voided when you begin to think about the promise of Jesus coming back, uh, as an example, people would be talking about Jesus, uh, and, and uh, he, he's my favorite topic and favorite topic of many, many people. And as they talk about him and, and different uh, uh, books of the gospels, uh, various events that took place and, and the promises that uh, Paul and, and James and Peter and John and all of them uh, put out uh, that with the precious promises that we love so much. And uh, I could sit back and listen to them talk because when they were finished talking about a particular passage that was their favorite, 
I could jump in immediately and say, yes, and Jesus is coming back for us. Amen. Um, you know, it, that's always the punchline. Uh, hang on just a second. Dan, what do you got? Um, uh, Dan, my friend's going to the doctor. And, okay. Uh, I'm just getting him out the door. Okay. okay. All right. Well, well as you say goodbye to him. Anyway, he's, that's all done. Go ahead. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, well now, I, I do want you, again, for those of you that are interested in purchasing this book, and again, I do highly recommend it because it references so many scriptures. You know, it's, it's got so many scriptures. For those of you that are interested in purchasing the book, use your favorite search engine. Again, mine is Bing. But use your favorite search engine and just go to T.L. Farley Books. Just type that in, T.L. Farley Books. It'll take you there. You'll see all three of Terry's books listed. But I want you to pay really close attention to Blast Off Repair More in its sixth edition. It's available everywhere. So all you people all across the world, go to Amazon get it. Okay? I mean, you know, wherever. Get a copy of the book. And again, Terry, I have encouraged people to get out of the Middle East if they got a chance because things are going to heat up. They're not going to cool down. They're going to continue to heat up, right? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, we're not really... And, and I'm not trying to downplay what's taking place right now. It's horrible, and there's no question about it. But what we can't understand, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, talking about the tribulation and how it was going to get worse and worse, he said there was going to come a time when it would be so bad that it would be worse, and these are his words, worse than it ever was, and worse than it ever shall be. Right. So in other words, it's going to be the lowest point in the history of mankind, the uh, the last years of the tribulation. Right. And I hate to paint such a dark picture, but I'm only quoting what Jesus said. But going back to the book, that's the reason that it's so wonderful, that prophecy, because it helps us to understand all who believe in Jesus are going to be delivered. Uh, I stopped counting the number of verses uh, that support the teaching from many different angles and aspects, uh, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of several thousand. Right. Um, that, that, that's, and again, I, the reason for that was intentional. I have no desire that you remember my name. Uh, that won't get you a cup of coffee in New York City. <laughs> but what's going to help you is understanding the uh, veracity, the truthfulness, right. and the solid assurance that the Word of God imparts. And remember that's an eternal Word of God, so that when you're reading it, it's not, there are many books I've read in my life, as you have, I'm sure many of the listeners, uh, but you, after a while you read so many, you forget them, you do not forget the Word of God. The Bible no. says it is quick, speaking of itself, that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, bone and marrow to the very thoughts and intents of the heart one mm -hmm. of the great arguments when i was in bible school was is there a soul and a spirit or are the soul and the spirit are they one and the same thing and some guys came to me as they were arguing over it and they said terry is it soul and spirit or is it the spirit part of the soul what's the and i said gentlemen i said i do not have an answer for you on that all i can tell you is that the word of god says that whatever the answer is, that 
the word of God separates the soul and the spirit. It says mm-hmm. dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. So you can take it from there, gentlemen, and do your own study. <laughs> so. Amen, Terry. Amen. Well, well you, you know, know again, again, I, I, I do want to get back, back here to uh, what I was talking about as far as Hezbollah goes, because I do yes. believe that they're coming in. I do believe that they're going to be a part of this. Israel's ready for that. They're ready for that second front. Uh, one thing that um, our president said uh, in his, during his visit in Israel was that even if Hezbollah was to get involved, that doesn't mean the United States is going to get involved. And, and by that, I mean go in, boots on the ground, to fight next to an Israeli. Okay, there, there's no plan for them to do that. They have sent a uh, battle uh, battleship group over, and I believe there's a second one in route as well. Um, so, you know, it's up to our president, I guess, if he uh, decides to utilize either, uh, either one of those groups, either one of those battle groups. But as far as sending anybody in, he's, he's basically said we're not going to do that. And what I told him in the first half of the show, Terry, is that's what's going to happen when the Gog and Magog war starts. You know, they're going to run to the UN, they're going to jump up and down, they're going to holler, they're going to scream, they're going to, you know, talk about how wrong it is. And that's if the United States is even still around, and there's a chance it won't be. Uh, but they're not going to actually do anything. Nobody's going to actually do anything. They're going to complain a lot, but they're not going to do anything. Um, and as far as what is uh, what I expect to have happen, and this is, this is a point that I really wanted to hammer home here, what I expect to have happen, you saw how quickly all the news agencies flipped the script on what was going on in the Middle East when there was one report, one, from this lying Congress lady, Rahib Talib, that Israel had bombed a hospital and killed 500 people. Even though it was a lie, even though it's been completely discredited and proven to be incorrect, there's still there's riots all over the place now. Okay. Let me, yeah, let me let me throw the details a little bit into uh, yeah, go ahead. that event. Um, what took place, and they have actual recorded uh, videos, uh, and this is a very common thing. Uh, Israel has many many videos of um, uh, the Hamas and 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 sending rockets uh, into Israel, and many of the rockets actually go off course and turn and go back into Hamas. And there is actually a video that they recorded that they have available that they have shown uh, where the rocket in question actually took off with many other rockets, but instead of coming toward Israel, it went across uh, Hamas, across Gaza, and hit that hospital. So it was Hamas who killed those people. Right, and I, 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 I don't want to cut you off, but we've already discussed that. I, I did it, in, in, again, in the first half of the show, I went into detail. You have to repeat it. Yeah, it's, it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating because people need to know that, you know, as I was, as I was beginning to say here, that you saw how quickly the world's media bought that. Okay, and it flipped the switch, right? So, in my personal opinion, Hezbollah will get in the fight. Israel will take them on, too. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. But the world is going to turn completely against Israel. And the, um, the bottom line on that is that 
something is going to happen that is going to just, well, it, it's, it's going to be almost unimaginable. But the city of Damascus is going to be completely destroyed. It's going to be desolate. And this is according to the Bible, Isaiah 17, verse 1. And uh, Terry, I know you don't have it in front of you right now because you're, you're handicapped there using a phone only. But it's important that I read this to everybody. And this is a proclamation against Syria and Israel. Okay? That's what the Bible says, a proclamation against Syria and Israel. And this is Isaiah 17, verses 1 through 3. The burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city, and it will be a ruinous heap. Now keep in mind, this is the oldest city in the world. It's never been completely destroyed at any point. But the Bible is making it clear there in verse 1 that it, Damascus will cease from being a city. It will be a ruinous heap. Verse 2 goes on to say, the cities of Aurora are forsaken. They will be for flocks which lie down, and no one will make them afraid. In other words, animals, birds, uh, creatures, all that. That's what's going to be in Damascus. There's not going to be any people left. Not any live ones anyway. And then you look at verse 3. The fortress also will cease from Ephraim, the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. A remnant of Syria? Okay, I want to stop on that remnant of Syria. That means that Syria is going to be pretty much uh, left desolate too. There's a remnant of them, but as far as actual big country, makes it sound like to me, at least the way I read this, that Syria is in trouble. And to finish off verse 3, they will be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord of hosts. You want to comment on any of that, Terry? Uh, well, only I just wanted to bring it into perspective. Uh, most people, uh, maybe I should say a lot of people, are not aware that uh, Damascus is the central uh, shipping area into which the airports, uh, and they've got a couple of large ones there, uh, that receive uh, all of the... Uh, bombardments and so forth, the missiles. That's uh, uh, Aleppo, Aleppo and, and Damascus, to just interject here. Yes, go ahead. gathering point for munitions and so forth. And so it's quite logical uh, that there would come a point in war that they would need, Israel would need to destroy it. And, mm -hmm. and, and uh, so that we don't, we don't miss any beats here, let me throw in the fact that with all of those musicians, they could have their own explosion without Israel doing anything, and it could wipe them off the right. face of the earth. Right. You know? and and the, the thing is, Terry, we don't know who destroys Damascus. But that we, has happened many times where cities in, in, in the Arab cities uh, have had explosions, things that they're toying with things, and they blow up. Right. So well, again, what, what I wanted to interject here is we don't know for sure that Israel's going to take out Damascus. I think they will. That's right. Amen. I think they will, but you know, there's no, uh, there's, the Bible doesn't tell us who destroys it. It just says it's going to be destroyed. You know? So, um, but my point on all of this is you saw how quick all this turned against Israel on one false report. Can you imagine Damascus going and ceasing to be a city? Do you really think they're going to give Israel a pass on that one, whether they did it or not? Yeah. So, so, you know, know that's, that's really, that's really what I wanted to get across today, because we're going to get in, uh, back into Ezekiel 38 in our next show, 
We're going to continue this series because the war is going to continue, people, unless the rapture happens. And as Terry and I have told you, and uh, David Paxson, uh, I think, will be back with us on the next show as well. He was busy today. He couldn't. You know, he's got a real job here. He's, he's got somebody he reports to rather than us who report to ourselves. So I'm hoping that, that he will... He'll be back with us. But we want to get into Ezekiel 38 because that's where this is all headed. You see, no matter who destroys Damascus, in my opinion, that's when world opinion is going to turn. And one of two things is going to happen at that point. Either the Gog and Magog war is going to kick off, and we're going to talk about that because that's Ezekiel 38. We're going to do that in the next show. Or the rapture of the church is going to happen. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen then. It could happen immediately after. But the rapture's in here somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's an important point to throw in is that regardless of when the rapture takes place uh, and in regardless of when uh, Ezekiel 38 takes place, they're both going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because, because the Bible says so, for those of you that are wondering. Terry, real quick, you got one minute. I want you to give a prayer for all of those in the Middle East. I don't care. Everybody, because everybody can be saved, including a terrorist. Go ahead. You got one minute. Amen. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all unrighteousness and for the hope that you have given us. And we pray for all of those, Lord, in that area, certainly, Lord, around the world that may hear these words. Anyone, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That includes every man, woman, and child on this planet. All they have to do is call. Jesus said, ask, and you shall receive. Call on him today and, and, and invite him to save you. He will forgive you of your sins, even the ones you don't know about. He will, he confess, he will forgive you of all these things. And... Um, Please do that, uh, that we may meet you in, on the streets of glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and again, we do encourage you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, Christ so please do so. All, all you've got to do is just say a simple prayer to the Lord in your own words. Let him know that, you're in a, that you are a sinner. Ask him for forgiveness. Tell him that you know Jesus Christ died for you on the cross, and he rose again after the third day. And he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he promised the church he's coming back. He's going to take all Christians, living and dead, in the air in that moment called the rapture that Terry wrote about in Blast Off Repeal More. After that comes seven years of tribulation. You don't have to be there for it because if you've accepted Jesus Christ before, before the rapture, then you're good. If not, you're not. Please accept Jesus today. It's not too late yet. It's not too late yet. Now, we'll be back in the, I hope anyway, and the Lord may call us home. But, but if he doesn't, doesn't on the next show, we'll, we'll have Terry back. back. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able, able to see him then. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have David Paxton with us, too. We, we look, look forward to seeing you guys next time. time. Until, Until then, then, good night, night and God, God bless. bless. Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday right here and at www.lastchristian.net until the trumpet sounds. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Simon Gaitan.
UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says he stands with Israel on his visit to the country, but also called for humanitarian aid for Gaza. The Red Crescent says Biden's commitment of 20 aid trucks to Gaza is not enough. The UN warns of the risk of military confrontation between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda over the M23 rebel conflict in eastern DRC. And Russia's defence minister has thanked North Korea for their support for his country in the Ukraine war.